Welcome to the Life Rips Podcast, where I, Brett Bond, founder and host, interview and converse with others so we can all gain a better perspective as to what's really going on in this crazy world we live in. We're going to find out why life rips for some and life is shit for others. Brought to you by Happy Gang, a life coaching company that allows you to take control of your emotions so you can move past the fearful states of anxiety and depression. You can find out more at happyganglifestyle.com. Now let's get into it. Brian McGuff, did I pronounce that right? You did, man. Uh, that's that's uh, pretty good. Not many people get it right, so congratulations <laughs> on that. I do what I can. I'm excited to have you on the podcast, man. Uh, this is going to be one of the first episode episodes of Life Rips. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your journey and where you come from and what you're doing right now. Definitely. Likewise, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking with you today and, and learn more. Uh, so for me, uh, my name is Brian McGough. I live in Orange County, California with my wife and have a beautiful five-month-old baby. Uh, she's my, my joy. She is my sweet everything. Her name is Lily. Uh, for me, I've, I've lived in Orange County my entire life, born and raised down here. Uh, I work as a CPA and accountant. Right now, I help business owners with their accounting and finances. Uh, I've been on a, a journey and a mission myself. You know, I've kind of struggled with a few things over the years, um, anxiety, depression, and really just kind of figuring things out for myself and what happiness meant for me. And along this journey, I've had some really great people on my side, some coaches and some mentors that have helped me along the way. And, you know, I've really worked the last couple of years on my mindset and, and really kind of working on developing a better person. So that's what I'm looking forward to talking with you about today. I know, I know you can get into some good conversations looking over your content. So I'm sure we'll get into some good things, but yeah, for me, it's just been a journey. And I think that it's important to, to get on conversations like this with people like yourself and really share our experiences and kind of, you know, let people know what we're going through and, and just share. That's how we learn, right? You know, I, I work in the business side and on information, accounting and finance, producing information for people's businesses, but ourselves personally is the same thing, right? We, we need data, we need good information. So the more we know about ourselves and how our body operates and our mind operates, the better decisions we can start to make for ourselves. So that's kind of been my journey over the last couple of years is figuring out me, figuring out myself, you know, what my impact is to the world and, and then everything else that goes along with that. So yeah, man, looking, looking forward to getting into it. Well, we're definitely going to get deep on this one, Brian. So Tell me this, because I definitely think it's very important to have conversations like this. I think a lot of people sometimes exist on the surface. And there's nothing wrong with complimenting somebody on their shirt or whatever, but I would rather talk about deeper things. I'd rather get into what makes us tick. So tell me, was there any one thing that stood out or an aha moment you had um, you know, that helped you transition into this lifestyle? I mean, what did you do, you know, before you owned your own business and you were helping other people? Uh, before that, I was, I was working in the corporate world. So I had a really good job just, you know, working a ton of hours. So I think I was kind of stressed out. So there was a lot of different things going on. And I think when, when I found out I was about to have a baby, it was really that aha moment for me. Like, wow, you know, I just was not in a great place and trying to figure out everything that needed to go different in my life. So there was a lot of key things that happened. Um, for me, I kind of, I came back into my relationship with God and the Lord. So that has definitely provided me some strength over this last couple of years. So that was a big part of the movement. Um, and then also 
you know, mentors and, 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 and reading a lot and, and learning from other people was a big part of the process. So I remember one of my big aha moments was figuring out what I was going to do. I knew I needed to leave where I was at in my corporate job because that's what was causing me the most stress and anxiety in my life. That's what was causing everything, uh, all of my unhappiness. So figuring out to leave was, was part of that journey. And when I had that aha moment, I, I, that's when I figured out what my main mission was to be able to help business owners, not only with their accounting and finances, but show them along the journey that you can transform your mindset and how big of a mindset is a part of this process. So that was really kind of where, where it all started. And, and I'm still growing, still looking. I mean, I, I, I know this is an ongoing process. It'll be working forever. So that's part of what's exciting to me too, is that, you know, it's always something that I'll be working on. Yeah, for sure. And I think sometimes when you have those aha moments or you start to see what I think as what life really is, when you start to view things through a different lens, you have this moment where you go, oh my gosh, I totally get it. Right. And we've talked about that before. Some people just get it. Some people don't really. And it can be tough when you have these aha moments and you feel like you get it. And then for whatever reason, you kind of like fall back into this rut slowly, or you feel yourself kind of like going into old patterns and you have to pull yourself back and like keep yeah. yourself accountable and go, no, man, that's, that's how you used to live. That is not how I'm living anymore. And yeah. it eventually gets easier, but I've realized that life is exponential, mm -hmm. whether it's, negative or positive you can either go into these ruts where you fall deeper and deeper and it's really hard to pull yourself out or life can just get better and better and each day you're more grateful and you're more blessed and better things keep happening to you you know people either say of course this happens to me this is just my luck or people say of course this happens to me man this is just my luck right it's the same words but with different energy different yeah. connotations to them you know a different viewpoint a different perspective yeah, it's all perception and how you reframe it. And that's, that's, I'm glad you bring that up. That's been the, one of the biggest things that I've learned is like reframing and perception. So let me ask you this, like you, you mentioned a good point. It's like, we all get to that point where we might be on a super good point and then we get dragged back down and we kind of fall back and see the regression. How, how do you, how do you kind of keep yourself by picking back up and, and staying on that steady process? Do you use it like words of affirmation? Kind of like you were saying is switching, switching to positivity. What, what works for you? Well, here's the issue, okay? If you feel like you're falling into a rut and you're no longer saying, I love life, like you're saying it like that, right? I love life as opposed to, I love life, man. There's two different emotions attached to them. So what I do is I look at, okay, why am I falling into this rut? Or why did I used to feel like this? Or why am I going through this? And then take a look at your habits, your routines and your rituals, okay, when I was doing really good, I was meditating every single day. I was writing in my gratitude journal. I was feeling the abundance that's entering into my life. And then I started to go into this old programming. And you realize as you fall out of it and you go into this rut that your habits and your routines and your rituals have started to change in one way or another. So the tough part is forcing yourself into back into those routines or those habits, right? Sometimes we get so busy and so caught up and we say, there's so many things I have to do. I don't want to meditate. I know it feels good. I know the results, but I don't have time to meditate. 
bullshit. You've got time to meditate. You've got time for whatever you make time for in your life. So it's really keeping yourself accountable. And I think it's also realizing that you're in a rut. Sometimes we feel, we want to feel so good that we say, no, like I'm fine. You know, I, I, I got this. I'm going to pull myself back. But if you don't really realize, okay, yes, I am falling into a rut. What have I done that's made me fall into this rut? And what am I going to do to change that? And all of a sudden, just by saying that and realizing that you're in a rut is like, oh, I'm in a rut, right? This, this is temporary. I can pull myself yeah. back out. And then we just change those habits. And before you know it, you get back into those habits. You get back into those routines and you feel amazing again. And then it starts to flow. But the key is, is to keep those habits and those routines even when you're in the good state. Because mm-hmm. we get this feeling that, oh, I got this now, right? Yeah, like good. it's, yeah, yeah that's the issue is that it's always a journey. It's always a process. We're always learning and growing. So if you don't continue those learning and growing habits, of course, you're going to fall into the traps and the ruts that everybody else does that isn't happy, right? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense, man. And, and, and I love what you say about noticing the routines and the habits. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you know, we, we walk through life not realizing what's really going on because we're, we're so patterned into doing what we do every day just because that's what we've been doing. But once you take a second and realize, well, why did I do that? Or why did I get triggered? Or why did I think that way? Or why did I do that action? You know, you realize, oh, well, that's just what I've been training myself and accustomed to do over these years. So, I mean, I think once you really start to, to notice what you're doing and the patterns, that's when you can start to make some decisions. So, Definitely, man. I, I agree with that 100%. Once you understand why you do, you can change what you do. Yeah, I love that. That's perfect. Right? Because we're sitting here saying, okay, I'm depressed, so I'm going to change my habits. But okay, why are you depressed? Okay, because I'm reminiscing about memories of the past instead Mm -hmm. of focusing on those visions of the future, like Dr. Joe Dispenza says. You know, there's a total difference between reflection and depression. Depression is when we live in the past and we sit there and we beat ourselves up and we're feeling down and then we kick ourselves while we're down. And we're like, you piece of shit, why did you do that? I'm such an idiot. No, if you keep saying that, you're just reinforcing those memories of the past. You're telling yourself, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. Why would you do that? Right? No, I'm brilliant because I recognize that I fucked up in the past. So therefore, I am going to better my future and start to move forward. You can reflect on why you did the things you did and maybe how you messed up and use that reflection to change your future. But if you continually reflect until the point that it turns into depression, your body just starts to get addicted to the cortisol and the stress hormones you're releasing, anxiety, depression, right? All the bad hormones that we don't like. And I shouldn't even say bad, but you know, the the hormones we don't like. Nobody, I don't think anybody really likes to be depressed at the end of the day, no matter how cool it is nowadays to be sad gang and depressed. It's, I don't think it's cool. I think it's like, yeah. Definitely, man. And and that's a huge part of what's going on today in society, too. I feel like it's all this depression, anxiety, and, you know, all these chemicals and the hormones, like you said, are going through people's bodies. And it's just, you know, we don't realize what's going on. But there's some deeper issues with with all this stuff, you know, that that can be addressed through mindset and through, you know, positivity and really just making the changes through through your daily habits. So that's why I think it's so cool about what you do is talking, you know, in in to people about changing their lives and moving, you know, positive affirmations. And, and I mean, there's just so much that, that can be done with, with, with personal information, you know? 
Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate those kind words. And one thing I'd like to say on that note is sometimes people are under the impression that certain things are hocus pocus, but what they don't understand is that almost everything I preach is scientifically backed and people think that it's either positive affirmations in this hocus pocus positive stuff or it's science. And what they don't understand is that there's science to back the so-called hocus pocus, right? It's, it's no, it's not. You have to understand that when you attach emotions to a certain memory, that's why you have memories. Okay. Whether they're traumatic events or they're like blissful, amazing events, every single event that anyone has ever had in their life has intensified emotions attached to it. So when something per se bad happens and you remember this time where you had this adrenaline pumping through your body, like maybe it was a past fight and you can take yourself to that fight because there was so much adrenaline and cortisol and all these anger and rage emotions running through your body, that intensified emotion made this impact on your brain that made you remember it. So we can do the same thing if we attach amazing really positive emotions to the things that happen in our life. So if you take an affirmation and you know that every single time you say, I love life and you clap your hands and you feel that state and you're smiling and you feel blissful and happy. Now, if you do that enough, you have the intensified emotion attached to it. So when you clap your hands and you say, I love life, boom, that emotion comes back. Yeah. It's about creating that feeling, right? You got to you got to condition and pattern your brain to to recreate that moment, that feeling, that release of the chemicals and the hormones, and and creating that pattern. But that's like everything, right? So I mean, what you just said is everything that that all of us do and have done, but with the negative. Yes. For for the last many years, right? So so when we have all those feelings of angst and and anxiety and depression, that's what we've been doing over and over again is patterning our body. So how do we recondition it is exactly what you just said is, is treated differently, right? We just have to look at it from a different, different optic, a different lens. Well, and that's where mindfulness comes into play. And people sometimes go, Oh, mindfulness. Oh, okay. I get it. Meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Well, no, you don't really get it. Cause otherwise you'd be fucking doing it. But the point is, yeah. is that when we talk about mindfulness, it's being conscious or self-aware of what we're doing. A lot of people, they go through life and they condition their brain, but they have no idea. So some people are really blessed and maybe their parents wire them in a very positive light and they have all these amazing emotions attached to you know, certain memories and they get wired for awesomeness. And then other people, the exact opposite happens. But the difference is, is they have no self-awareness. So they just blame their past events on the reason why they are the way they are. And it's true. Your past events are the reason why you are the way you are. Very true. Also, how do you react to those events, right? Right. What what do you use those events to do in the future, you know? Exactly. You know, so there was a time that I put a gun to my head because I was in so much pain that I wanted to end it all. Thank God things didn't go through, but I have the ability to either look at that event as, oh my gosh, I'm such an idiot. Why would I put a gun to my head? I'm so dumb. Or I say, wow, I realized so much when I put that gun to my head that that would have been a very big mistake. I'm so grateful. It's the best thing that ever happened to me because I wouldn't be changing people's lives and helping them in the light I do if I didn't do that. That's perception right there. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm glad, glad you're still here, brother. I mean, just us having having this conversation today and being, being in contact, man, I know it's, it's, it's already changed my life and yours. So it's, I'm, I'm glad that we're here connecting, man. So I, I appreciate every bit of it. Well, I really appreciate that. And I'm very glad I'm still here too. I, I love life and I'm happy and life rips, but, uh, I think along those lines, who you surround yourself with is one of the biggest factors when it comes to quality of life. Definitely. I had an amazing outlook on life, not as good as I do now, but an amazing outlook on life. And when I was in the car business, I was surrounded by people who were caught up in self-image and ego and wanted to complain and mope and just make a bunch of excuses. And it, was really easy to get sucked into that. It was like, I constantly had to pull myself out of it. But what you can do if everything you, if everybody you surround yourself with is always positive and they're always looking at life the way that you want to look at life, it's so easy because then you're being pulled onto this positive, vibrant side, a higher vibration. And people sometimes overlook that. They surround themselves with negative people all the time. And they say, I don't get it. Why, why am I not positive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely that vibrational feel too. And I know exactly what you're talking about. And it drains you. It, it makes you feel super drained. I mean, you know, I, I, like I was talking about when I was in the corporate world, there were certain, just being around certain people every day that have that negative influence that, that really drags you down. And it's like, you can feel it. You go home exhausted and it's like their problems become your problems. And somebody once told me something interesting too. It's like, you know, instead of you having your own, you living in your own story, you're, you're a pawn or a puppet in somebody else's story, right? When they're contributing all these other problems to you and reflecting all this negative energy, it's like, how much are you going to let yourself be a part of somebody else's story rather than starting to create your own, you know? And I think when I, uh, when I, when I realized that and I was like, Oh damn, like, am I living in somebody else's story or am I living in my own? It comes down to who you surround yourself with. So it's like, you have to be aware of that and, and notice, I mean, it's actually, I find it fast. I found it fascinating. I still do to notice the people you surround yourself and like notice their qualities and habits and what they do and really realize the energy that they're putting out. You're like, huh, is this, you know, like, does this align with me? Is this, is this, is this the same as what I'm doing? You know? Absolutely. And it's funny. Cause I have this conversation with my clients sometimes and I ask them, I say, are the people who you surround yourself with living the life that you want to live mm-hmm. nine times out of 10 answers. No, not at all. No, not like, no, I don't want to be anything like that person. And I'm like, okay, but you're telling me that you hang out with them like three or four times a week. And they're yeah. like, Oh shit. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you got to get the fuck out of there, dude. Like, what do you expect? You feel good when you talk to me. Right. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, well I am not this miracle there's eight billion people almost eight billion people on this planet there's plenty of other people out there that are vibrating on a higher frequency you just have to go find them and when you start vibrating on that higher frequency you start attracting people like that but if you're vibrating on a low frequency i'm not going to be attracted to you and brian is not going to be attracted to you right so you're not attracting higher frequencies what do you expect yeah yeah it's like you you have to be on the same the same wavelength the same page in order to start attracting those people and that would, that's what was cool too. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I've definitely noticed that in my life, just making those changes and being more conscious and aware and trying to operate at that different level is you can tell too, when you're on, when you're operating on that level and when you're not, because you do start to see things connecting and pieces coming and maybe 
introductions and meeting certain people and key components. And then when you're not on that level, it's like, you just feel so blah sometimes. So, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. That's super important. And, and I know that the way you get there a lot is through meditation. So, I mean, l- let me ask you this, like, what, what are some of your meditation practices that you use to, to help out with that? <clears throat> That's something I struggle with a lot is like keeping a consistent, like a consistent practice. And I know it's so good for me. It's like, every time I do it, I'm, I'm on, in a better place. I'm in a clearer state. I have a way more productive day and mindset, but it's just kind of hard. It's like hard keeping that, that steadiness going, you know? Well, I meditate all the time. Okay. Sometimes sitting down with intention, right on my meditation pillow or cushion and just sitting there in silence. Yeah. Sometimes I do it with a guided meditation, but most of the time, it's literally pulling myself back when I feel myself operating on autopilot. Mm-hmm. When I feel myself that I'm either snapping or I'm not living in the emotions I want to live in, I literally just take the deepest breath I can through my nose all the way down at the bottom of my belly, moving all the way up to my chest. And I exhale through my mouth as slowly as I can. And it's, For me, I think that meditation, the simplest way to sum it up would to be feel more than you think. So I have, you know, habits and routines in place. I meditate every night and most mornings I start my day off with meditation. But the thing that really helped me was like trying to live in meditation throughout the day, if that makes sense. Constantly pulling myself back. Like a walking, like almost like a walking meditation kind of. Yeah. Or even just as I'm on this phone call, if I notice that I'm starting to get scatterbrained or something, you know, I just pull myself back. Right now I'm speaking slower. Now I'm speaking slower. You know, I'm, I'm starting to be more calm, have more intention, right? Not just rattling off stuff. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is there's this connotation with meditation. If we say meditation, I think that for most people, they instantly visualize like a monk or like this lady from LA in yoga pants on the top of Mount Everest with like this beautiful sunset. And, you know, she's just all Zen, not thinking about anything. And even for a long time, I think I had the wrong idea of what meditation was. A lot of people think it's thinking about nothing, but it's more so, like I said, feeling more than thinking. But when you feel more than you think, you're laser focused on one thing and you're not really thinking about it. You're more feeling it. You're seeing it for what it is without judgment. It's not that my hat is ugly or my hat is good looking. It's that Brett is wearing a hat and that hat is blue. And this is the purpose of this hat, right? It's looking at things for what they really are without judgment. So if we start playing images through our head and we start judging like, oh, I hate it when this person does that and they're so mean and they're so rude, you're not meditating. But if you're thinking this person has been through a lot, right? Like maybe this is why they do the things they do. You're not judging them. You're just trying to find out why you're reflecting, you're feeling what they're going through, you know? And you can do that with anything, whatever you're playing through your head you know, past traumas or future visions, you know, more so why did I do that in my past? Let me go back to that moment and feel it as opposed to saying, I'm so dumb. I shouldn't have ever done that. Yeah. That's what meditation is for me. 
Yeah, that's a good point, you know, and it's like bringing yourself back to that oneness. And I mean, meditation can be whatever you want. I think that's a good point is people think, you know, maybe it's this person, this monk or this Buddha sitting there and in this robe or this garment, you know, but right. I mean, really whatever you want. And that I, that's when I do it. I know that that's, that's what I find is like finding that oneness or that peace, the tranquilness or, or intention, right? If you're meditating with intention, also another good one. So there's a million different ways you could chop it up, but it's about finding what works for you, right? And finding that good place to bring you into, into that, onto that next vibrational frequency. So well, some people might view this as dark, but I heard this the other day and I thought it was actually really beautiful. And the way that it was said was meditation is preparation for death. Hmm. Because when we die, our consciousness, I believe, has to go somewhere, right? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what you experience in meditation. You, you exit the 3D world for a second and you start to enter the spiritual realm, whatever you believe it to be, and you start to feel almost what's really going on. You know, you feel what's inside of your body or what's going on around your body as opposed to just looking at your body. Yeah. And you know, yeah, I mean, that's a good point too. It's like, what, what is invincible that we're not seeing or like at that atomic level that we just don't understand because we can't see, but that's a good way to put it. It's like preparing yourself for that because all we know is the physical world, right? So, yeah. so all we can really give insight is is in the context of that physical world but yeah i mean what does consciousness look like outside of that physical body that's that's pretty deep that's a, a good way to look at it well not only that but but people some people don't realize is that the physical world is shaped by everything that's not in the physical world if that makes sense everything we can't see mm-hmm. the atoms down at a molecular level and the vibrations they carry determine the shape or the form that they take in the 3d world yeah yeah. Like literally, depending on how your atoms vibrate, dictate how your physical body appears to other people. Yeah, that's what puts the, yeah, the chemical of the physical body together, all the different compounds and components that put the atoms together. Yeah. That's, that's deep stuff right there. Well, and one other thing I wanted to touch on is I realized something that I used to do that made me struggle with meditation. And that was trying to achieve a result or trying to achieve the Zen or blissful state. And it's good to want to get better at meditating. But sometimes what we do is we want to just be Zen, right? I just want to, I want to not think about anything. I need to meditate. Meditation is understanding and letting go of control. Entering into that realm, not necessarily being in that realm. Eventually you will get to the point where you can be Zen and you can exist in that realm. But meditation like anything else you have to practice it if i go into the gym and i try to lift you know 200 pounds with the big boys i'm a pull a muscle i'm not going to be able to do it right i can't expect to go in and just start putting up weight because i don't work out that often i I gotta what was that i think you could do it (laughs) well well, thank you brian i appreciate that but my my point is is you know your brain is a muscle that you have to work out just like we work out our biceps or our triceps or whatever muscle you're working out and once you let go of trying to just exist in the Zen state and you understand that each time you meditate, you get a little better, you get a little closer, you know, you, you just start to feel more mindful. You start to feel better. You're now falling in love with the process and not the result. 
And then we realize, oh shit, that's how I'd be happy is I fall in love with the process, not the result. If you're always chasing, I just want a million dollars so I can be happy. You won't be happy because you'll get the million dollars and then you'll be like, oh shit, now what? Instead of I'm so happy that I'm working towards this million dollars or whatever it is you're trying to achieve and you fall in love with that. And then the million dollars or whatever you're achieving or trying to achieve comes quicker. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And here's the other thing about like attaching a result to the inside of things is, is when you do, then you automatically close other opportunities that are available to get to that result, you know, because in your own limited scope and our own limited minds and our own limited brains, we've only, we've only chosen that one path to get to that result. So like you said, it's like, could you get there quicker? Yeah, probably, but you need to be flexible to that end result. So almost not attaching yourself to that end result is what allows you to create these other networks and have your mind going on these other possibilities that could be creating these different avenues to help you succeed at trying to get to that end goal. Yes. Have a vision of what you want, but don't limit yourself. And we've talked about this before. There's multiple routes to the destination. Yeah. Like some people will disagree with me, but I don't always believe in knowing the when or the how of how you're going to get somewhere. Mm -hmm. Just knowing this is my end goal or this is my end vision. And this is what I want in life. And we just kind of float through and we, we don't limit ourselves to different opportunities, you know, cause you can take a right turn and hop back on the same trail, or you can take a left turn and hop back on the same trail. As long as you just keep that end vision in mind and you don't get too attached to this is exactly how it has to be. And I have to get here by 31 or I'm a complete failure. If you don't get there by 31, you're going to be butthurt. You're not yeah. going to be happy because even if you've made tremendous progress, you're pissed that you're not there by 31 instead of just saying, this is what I want to do with my life at some point or another and always be working towards that. Yeah. And then when you do that too, like you said, it's like you remove those expectations, you remove that part. So you're, you're only putting good energy into that end result. Right. And like we just talked about when you're putting that good energy, things come to you, right? You have, you have new opportunities, things start to network. So you get that result faster. It's like you're operating on that different vibrational frequency and you just notice that things, I mean, that's like one of the trippiest things for me is like when I started putting all these pieces together, it's like when, you know, when something happens, you're like, Oh damn, like I was just thinking about that, you know, or, Oh, oh, I was just thinking about that person. And then they call you or it's like, but that starts to happen more often. And then you're able to put these little pieces together as you start moving along. Well, Dr. Joe Dispenza's, uh, philosophy on on faith or what he thinks faith means is just believing in thought more than anything else Mm -hmm. and with that being said it's it's very hard to have faith sometimes in the things that we're doing but then you realize like oh when I let go and I let things flow it's like more happens And then you're like, wait a minute, that's like contradictory to what I've been taught my whole entire life. Everybody tells me I have to have it like laid out step by step by step. And I know I have to know exactly how I'm going to get there. And then you realize that you kind of limit yourself when you do that, because there's multiple routes to the destination. You just have to have faith that you will make it work. And when the opportunities present themselves, that's when you take action. Yeah, it's about, you know, like you have to set up the foundation. And it's like you said, it's not like you have to have this strict order list of how to get there. And you have to have some sort of idea, some sort of structure, some sort of idea 
But once you release control, like you said, that's when you gain control. When you're not trying to piece all these things together, like your, your brain has a million different connections and networks and it's trying to figure things out all the time. But all we're doing is clogging those networks up by trying to control it and tell, tell our mind where to put things. You know, it's going to do its job. It's going to work it out. You just have to get out of the way and let it, let it start working the way it's supposed to, you know? Absolutely. Well, and it's like Elon Musk says, Elon Musk says, happiness is life minus expectations. So if you don't have an expectation, but you're just working towards something, you'll be much more pleased with the results. But if I have an expectation for how this call is going to go and it doesn't go that way, I'll be disappointed. Versus if I just say, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm very excited to speak with Brian. Then it opens it up. The conversation can go wherever the hell it wants. And I'm going to be pleased with it because I didn't have any expectation or any preconceived notion of what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so true, man. It's about defining that, right? And, and, and setting that and reframing. I think reframing has probably been like the biggest thing for me is like reframing and then, and then positioning, like, how am I viewing this, you know? And then, and then really realizing the way I view things is just based off everything that I've told myself. So, I mean, if I can choose, if I can choose, then I'm going to choose the good route, you know? So choosing that reframing, I think has been the biggest part, you know, reframing like your day or even the things you say, I know you touched on that earlier. It's like the way you talk to yourself, the way you say things is like, just noticing those things and then reframing the way you do it. It's just positioning yourself for, to be on that higher vibrational frequency. Have you ever heard this, Brian? Well, yeah, man, I, I get that you want to do all this, but you got to get real. I have heard that. You okay. <laughs> no disrespect. Hopefully it wasn't anybody too close to you, but fuck that person because what is real? Yeah. Well, yeah. What is real, right? Right. I mean, shit, man, this life is a trip within itself. <laughs> there are certain things that feel more real than others. Everybody gets to define what reality is, what is real. You know, for me, real is getting deep and going down the rabbit hole and talking about things like this. Mm -hmm. And for other people, real is working the nine to five corporate life and hating their life because they have to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And that's just perception, like you're saying, right? Reframing things. So if you change your perception on what reality is, you change your perception on getting real, your whole entire life will change because nobody gets to tell someone else what real is or yeah. what they can do with their life. Everybody has to decide that for themselves. Mm -hmm. You see it through your own reality, right? And I think a lot of times we get lost in that too. It's like, you know, we think that everybody else sees the same reality that we see through our lens. They're like, why don't, why does he freaking get it? You know, why don't, <laughs> they, why don't they get what I'm talking about? But it's like, well, I mean, they've just been presented. I mean, even, even your own family members, right? Take somebody that have very similar experiences to you. I mean, you're still seeing the world through different experiences, different lenses, different emotions, different feelings. So, I mean, what's real to you, even the people that are closest to you is going to be different, you know? So, so it's about finding that perspective and then changing it. But like I said, for me, when I realized that it was up to me, you know, where I can create that perception and reality, then that's like, oh, cool. You know, now I can, <laughs> you know, I can choose like, this is like player mode, you know, I'm player a in the yeah. game. I can choose, I can choose the reality. So, I mean, you just have to start making those decisions and being aware of them when they come across. I believe it's Alan Watts. And he says, 
everything in this whole entire world that we call reality is just a game. And when he framed it like that, reframing, right? I was like, whoa, imagine if everybody is just their own player and they're all just like getting XP to level up. Yeah. You know, and if you just look at always getting to the next level and leveling up, and taking on new philosophies and ideas and looking at other people's perception and helping it frame yours. You just want to level up all the time versus I just want to get to level 70. So that way I have this and I can do this in the game. You're, yeah. you're limiting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Why level, why level 70 when, you know, eternal, I know we, we talk about like eternalness, but that's the other thing. It's like, I mean, time space right we we know about time and and it's there but we limit ourselves by time and and what that is so i mean how do we know how do we know what that what that really is we don't we we as humans think oh yeah we've made all these great technological advances and we have okay but in what ways have we digressed in what ways have we limited ourselves with technology and having everything at our fingertips that you don't even have to leave your apartment if you don't want like you think about how easy quarantine was. Okay, cool. You DoorDash, Postmates, whatever the hell you need. Like you got everything. You can just live and survive if you got enough money in the bank account. Yeah. And, you know, people used to hunt and gather. That used to be the only thing that they're worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just wild. And how did, you know, how did they do that? It was based off of information. It's like they, they had to figure out that information, how to hunt, how to gather. And like you said, now we just do it all through our technology. Everything is right. Boop right at the fingertip you can get anything done well and back when there were hunters and gatherers and everybody was living like that cavemen if you want to call it that everybody formed their own version of reality right they probably didn't even have words they didn't have an iphone to look up what is this what is that they just went and experienced it and that determined how they viewed it so it was a lot more unbiased and probably why they only got anxious when there was a lion chasing her. a lion yeah because anxiety is just our fight or flight response it's a very useful tool actually because if you get anxious in certain situations and you know okay this is my fight or flight mode i'm i'm in adrenaline mode i'm in survival mode i've got to survive mm-hmm. all fight or flight is is looking at the threats around you but the issue is we are literally so privileged we are literally so blessed that people are looking at threats that are either not there or haven't happened yet or never will happen. They're yeah. looking, they're, they're examining all the time. Where are my threats? Where are my threats? Because they have no threats. They have nothing to worry about. They have a roof over their heads. They have clothes. They have food. They have a family that'll provide for them. And they're yeah. trying to find shit to worry about. They're fine. Yeah. They're like, why, you know, where am I not going to be protect, protected? And that's funny too, because it's like back in those days, it's, it's, that's why they were so in touch with their feelings and, and they knew more about their body because they didn't have these things to deal with or these angst and anxiety. Like you said, like that was the biggest thing on their mind was like, oh damn, am I going to get eaten by a cougar or, or, or a lion today? Do I need to run? Do I need to protect myself? So when you have all these other outside influences and triggers in your life, that's what's creating a majority of all the stress, you know, and why people aren't in touch with their with their bodies and feelings. And I mean, I bet th- those people, I mean, they probably, they probably meditated all the time. That's probably how they got in touch with everything. Like look at the Indians, how were they able to, to move through nature like that and be able to track and trace and, and things. I mean, they were superhumans with their bodies because 
they taught themselves how to use the feelings and the energy and the vibrational frequencies of, of the earth to be able to do those kinds of things, you know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's a trip when you think about all that stuff. Well, they, they felt more than they, they thought, right? Yeah, Cause exactly. they, they didn't, they didn't know how to articulate these words that we're saying. They didn't know how to put words on it. They just taught their son, here, come over. And they just showed them. And the son was yeah. like, Oh, okay. I can cross my legs and Oh yeah, this feels good. And then they just did it. Yeah. And we, we as humans have, evolved with our analytical minds but i think we've digressed with our feeling mind or our subconscious mind because we're not really aware of it you know yeah and we've started to think too much way too much yep and that's funny i i I forget what book i was reading but it it touched on like human language like that and that's like part of the process that's been a part of this evolution is like now we can we can communicate right so we can give each other instructions so it's like it it removes some of that process in that just by having this communication where we can kind of talk to one another and, and remove that feeling aspect of it. Well, and then we've gotten to the point that our analytical minds are so evolved that we're overthinking in the worst ways possible. What does Brian think about me? Does my hair look good? Oh my goodness. Are my glasses smudged? Like, is he judging me? This is not your life. This is my life. So I shouldn't care. Even if you were judging me, I should just only care about the way that I view myself. Self, yeah. Like the only only self-image you should care about is the image that you play to yourself in your head, not what other people think about you. Your own and I, I get in disagreements, uh, you know, about this all the time. People say, oh, well, you got to care what some people think. Like, no, I don't care what anybody thinks about me, but I care about everybody. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, that's the way to put it. You know, it's like people think you're being an asshole when you say that but it's not the truth because like at the end of the day when you know that the best version of yourself is a person that cares deeply for other people when you say that your only care about yourself is because when you care only care about yourself you know you're being the best version of yourself which ultimately cares deeply for other people so it's like i i I just think that that gets taken out of context like you said and people think you might be being rude about it but it's just the truth i mean it's just it's the truth yeah well check this out i just had this thought think about how selfish it is to care about what other people think about you because the thoughts that you're playing in your head are how do they view me how what do they think about me what are they what are they judging me for you're actually being selfish as hell because you're worried about how they view you because you're being self-centered versus if you were quote unquote, selfish in the first place, you took care of yourself. You made sure that you were in a healthy state and that you always put yourself first. You've already taken care of yourself. Now, when you interact with other human beings, you can take care of them to the highest capability because you've already taken care of yourself. It's like that analogy with, uh, you know, when you get on an airplane, they say, make sure you put your mask on first before you put a mask on others. Because if you don't put your mask on first, you're going to pass out halfway through trying to put your mask on your son and you're going to kill them both. Or you put your mask on your son and then you die and you leave your son without a father. That's selfish. Yeah. What's selfless is taking care of yourself so you can go put a mask on four other people on the plane. Yeah. That's what I say. You got to take care of number one before you can take care of number two, right? Ooh, so I like how, that. How can you take care of anybody else unless you're good? You know, so 100%. I mean, you got you always have to take care of number one. And, you know, it's really just about defining 
what what that is and what that means but it's through trial and error and process and we're always learning right we're always growing we're never we're not even the same person our mind isn't even the same as it was yesterday or even a second ago or a minute so as long as we're always evolving and working on that you know pro process then that's that's where it's at now have you have you always been this self-aware of your actions uh i mean i think i've i've always naturally been kind of like a like a deep thinker in in kind of noticing but i mean definitely not this definitely over the last couple of years as i've started to develop and and work on my mindset and and everything that's really where i i feel like i've been able to to put it all together so definitely more so over the last couple of years once i've started using these practices i mean that's that's the biggest thing for me is like you know using these these tools and and these mindsets and meditations and affirmations as a, as a as a tool for for life you know it's been very helpful for me and would you say it definitely increased your quality of life 100 percent, yeah i mean i feel like a different person I, I mean i feel like i was reborn i got a new heart and i got a new set of eyes some new optics i mean just completely 180 different person but very grateful for no regrets everything grateful for my past experiences and i think you know going back to reframing it's like looking at all those past prior experiences not as traumas and failures or whatever at the time, my limited scope had defined them as, but now thinking those as the experiences and the qualities to get me to the person that I am today and the person that I want to continue to be in the future, you know. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. And I bet having a kid was pretty life-changing too. That probably helped you reframe a few things as well. Yeah, it's a trip, man. I mean, I, I just, I know I was kind of telling you earlier, so I look at her every day and it's it's like, I just, it makes me wonder about what it was like when I, when I was a little baby and how I developed and how my conscious thoughts started working, you know, but other than that, I mean, it just makes me eternally grateful every day for, to wake up and, and, and to be here and just to look at, you know, this beautiful baby girl. So, I mean, it's certainly definitely incredible. Well, I tell people this all the time, but I think it would be really cool to like wire a kid for greatness. Like you, you have complete control over what you're putting in that baby's totally, mind. Yeah. Definitely. You know, you can, you can just raise her like this. She just be like looking at everybody else. Like, why the hell are you not self-aware? And why don't you meditate? Right. Cause know, she yeah. thinks it's normal. You can take her back to the times with the Indians. Like I was telling you, you know, just <laughs> where they, where I'm they brought their yeah. child over here, come sit with me. So I'm definitely planning on it. Yeah. I'm definitely planning on having, having her be raised like that mindset and awareness and, and meditation and, and really being in touch. I mean, those are things I'm grateful that I know now. So the earlier she can learn, I mean, the better for sure. Well, I want to tell you a crazy story. I saw this clip on YouTube with Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I, I know you're familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza and you started reading that book, Becoming Supernatural. Yes. That's one that changed my life. And I think it'll do amazing things for your life. But in this YouTube clip, Dr. Joe Dispenza is basically telling this couple about meditation and how uh, with a baby or a young infant, it can have extremely intense effects when they meditate, just being in the same room as the baby, like letting the baby do her thing, but they meditate the, the mom and dad do around the baby. And this kid had allergies to numerous amounts of foods, like pretty much any fruit. And it was really hard on them because they would like feed her bananas and she'd have these allergic reactions and they'd start to freak out and they felt like terrible parents. And they started meditating with her every single morning. And all of the sudden she 
was more drawn to these foods and they could feed her these foods and she was no longer having allergic reactions and they were hesitant and they like felt like kind of guilty, like giving the baby food that they knew she had had reactions to in the past, but they slowly started building and meditating with her more and giving her more foods. And they said they could notice the excitement and like her smiling more as they meditated with her more and all these crazy things. And now the baby's super healthy, has like no allergies whatsoever. They healed them all. That's insane. I, I mean, how crazy is that? Just through like being in the same room, vibrational energy, or like molecules or some frequency, right? Some, some, some invisible frequency that was able to happen. That's, that's yeah. insane. And people, you know, I think a lot of people nowadays, they talk about good vibes or bad vibes. And I know quite a few people who say the word vibe, but they don't even know that it's short for vibration. And there's nothing wrong with that. But understanding that when people say good vibes, they're talking about good vibrations. And without realizing it, we're talking about science because vibrations are sound waves, they're frequencies, which translate into energy. So when I tell people literally on a molecular structure, everything is energy. Yeah, yeah, I get it. No, you don't because seriously, everything is energy. Everything, everything is. There's even like, even I was watching something today, even on like an atom, even on the atom emits a frequency, like a sound frequency that you can actually hear. And it's that presence, um, you know, like, um, that's like, yes. the, that's the universal frequency because at the smallest level, at the fractal level at the atom, that's, that's the frequency of the atom. So yeah, everything is energy. Everything has that frequency and that sound wave. Well, there's this phenomenon that occurs with humans when they're in complete silence. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have on a a lot of separate occasions but if you go into a room of complete silence and you just meditate and you just listen there's this like it's almost like an ohm but it's a very high pitched frequency that you'll hear yeah it's literally the sound of life it's the sound of the universe yeah the and you you start focusing on that And that's a really easy way to get into meditation. You just focus on that sound. Get so narrow focus. Just think or feel one thing. Just that sound of life. Sound of life. I like that. Searching for the sound of life. I like that. Searching for the sound of life. I like, yeah, that's dope. The sound of life. Yeah, it's real, man. It's definitely real. And, and I'm, I'm, that's been a a recent part of my, my journey is, is looking into like the, frequencies and the vibrations so i'm looking forward to getting a lot deeper into that realm and and i yes i have started reading uh dr joe Dispenza's book so i'm only in the beginning right now but i know that that's going to get into that next realm and going into that so i'm super stoked to to keep going down that that hole well one thing that he says in that book that changed my perception on life forever was that everything and we've kind of already talked about it but everything at the molecular level is atoms and inside atoms or protons, neutrons, and electrons is just empty space. It's 99.9999999 onto infinity empty space, but it's not actually empty space. It's sound waves, it's Mm -hmm. frequencies, it's vibrations. They're all buzzing and dependent upon the way they buzz dictates the form they take. So I'm like looking around at everything when I heard that and I'm like, wait a minute, that means that if everything is technically just empty space, like everything is energy, even the space around us. This is true. Opening your eyes to that will change your life. 
and that's this it's about like you have to find that different realm right so it's that different perception you know and it's like that was for me the hardest part i think in all this was getting past the blinders of what i was used to thinking about how this all works so opening that and being flexible and opening the mind to possibilities now i know i i, I truly believe that everything and anything is possible absolutely know? i think it's just being open to being open to that i think is where where it kind of starts you know my mom used to tell me, you can do anything you put your mind to, Brett. Anything is possible. And I get all smart ass. Well, you can't move a building with your hands. You can't do that. And, yeah. and you know, and people sometimes come at us with, with that type of perception. But when you really think about it, mm-hmm. if you wanted to move a building, you could make a crane that would move a building, right? Like literally anything is possible. You just have to find the way. Yeah, you just have to find a way to do it. And there's, I, I forget, maybe this is in Joe Dispenza's book. I can't remember, but there was something else I was reading. There was this old story of this guy that used to put his hand in a, in a wall, you know, like his hand would get cemented into the wall. It'd be like, you can't move past a wall. You can't move past anything that's physical. But he literally had handprints in his wall showing people, look, this is possible. So what we think is Damn. possible, what we think is possible, I mean, we just have, no clue. I mean, we, we, but like you said earlier, I mean, yes, it all ties back to everything that we talked about. It's like limitations. You limit your mind to what is possible when you set those limitations on. Then of course things aren't possible because you can't see it. It's not in your realm. That opportunity doesn't even exist. So it's like everything, everything and anything is possible. That's the mantra I, I live by for sure. Yeah. Well, and what happens is with those limiting beliefs, if enough people say, because just think for a second that maybe we were able to move physical matter and we were able to do some wild out of this world stuff. And enough people started saying, you can't move physical matter. You cannot, you cannot push your hand into a wall, right? We create a law or whatever. If enough people start believing that all of a sudden they think, well, there's limitations. There's stuff that we can't do. And then it's this snowball effect for the negative. Mm -hmm. So one quick question I wanted to ask you, why do you think it is that people have such a hard time thinking like this? Why doesn't everybody think like this? Uh, ego. I think it, the ego is the, the biggest thing that we still struggle to, to understand. And I mean, even everybody does. And I think it's hard to get past that. But I think for, for me, it's like moving, once I was able to move past that or what I thought was important then I was able to flourish because then everything to me came from a knowledge standpoint. It's like, I just wanted to learn more. Once I got past who, you know, the feelings of who I have to be, what I have to think, who I have to think for, you know, and and being involved in that. I think once you can remove that portion of your ego, then, then you're just from a a pure educational standpoint. So I think that that's the biggest part is, is getting past the stigma of, of personal development and, and working on yourself. And the biggest thing for me is like, I mean, you're your biggest asset. So why would you not invest money in yourself? You're willing to go invest all this other money on, you know, all this other stuff you buy, your monthly subscriptions to cars, things, but like, why not? You're your biggest producer. So why not invest the money and the time in in yourself? You know? Well, it's funny too. Now that you mentioned that it's so contradictory because when we talk about personal development, a huge element is letting go of the illusion of self or letting go of the ego. But people get judged for that and they hang on to that. And when you're, when you're hanging on to that, you're living in your ego. You're caring about what other people think of you. Yeah. So it's yeah, like this it's, contradictory. It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a loop. It's definitely a loop, but I, I mean, I think either way, it's just figuring out what, what works for you, you know, and being aware of that and becoming more aware 
of yourself. That's that's really when where the biggest shifts have come for me is just be, becoming more self-aware of what I'm doing and and how I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, and, and what what the what the result is of those actions. You know, it's so easy for us to say it's so annoying when this person does that. I can't believe it, but not as many people say man, I must be pretty annoying when I do this. Yeah, dude, that's for sure. And be like, damn, do I do I do that? Or shit, do, do I like, talk about myself all the time like that? Or that <laughs> but I mean, that's like what's cool because then you're like, shit, okay, I got to work on that, you know? And then yeah. you, you learn more about yourself or the way other people do it. So, I mean, to me, it's, it's all a fascinating process, just learning more. Well, there's not many things that make me sad but it truly does kind of make me sad inside when I think about certain people who live their whole entire lives with no self-awareness. Yeah. Like what's the, what's the purpose and just not even having that like knowledge there. Yeah. I mean, it like, does definitely make you sad. To each his own, but shit, man, you're missing out on like some seriously fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Or putting all these stressors and, and these things in your life when you don't have to, you know, that's the biggest thing is so that's why I'm so appreciative about what you do is like spreading the word, man, you know, you definitely create good vibes and, and, and creating everything out there. So I mean, it's, it's, it's important. And I think the more the more people that can be on this vibrational frequency, the better we're all going to be in the long term communicating on the same page and, and moving forward with the same goals, you know. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I, I definitely agree with you. And that's, you know, there's only so much I can do. But I feel that there are things that I can do. And if I'm not doing them, I'm cutting myself short. Yeah. You know, it really doesn't take that much time out of my day. Sure, it takes time, but it doesn't take that much time to post a 60-second video, right, hmm. to sacrifice an hour out of my day so I can grow and evolve and we can have this dope conversation and show other people why life rips, right? That's right. It's like so easy. And if everybody just did a little bit, just one degree, right, the difference between water boiling and turning into steam is just one degree hmm. you're just one conversation one question one thought one text message one call away from changing your life everything yeah that's so true man what a, what a great analogy about boiling water i mean it's like everything could change in, in an instant it's just one like you said one conversation one opportunity I mean, you just, who knows what could, what could stem from anything. And even if it's not that immediate opportunity, what's the ripple effect that stems from that initial opportunity, you know? So, I mean, it's just like putting out into the universe and getting it out there is, is, is the most important thing. That's something I used to struggle with was the ripple effect. When you're in an elevator and you're cruising with some random stranger down to the number one floor down to the lobby and there's this awkward silence and you're like, should I just stay on my phone and not talk to them? Or should I yeah. ask them how their day's going? You could literally just say, Hey, how are you doing today? And yeah. it could create this huge ripple effect. They could be the CEO of some huge company and they want to collaborate with you and take you to the next level. But if you don't just ask them how their fucking day is going so simple, so easy, You'll mm -hmm. never experience the ripple effect. It never happens. Or let's flip it even the opposite way. What if, you know, even if they are that big CEO, what if they're just having like the shittiest crap, crappiest day ever? And, you know, this big things happen, even just by you saying those words to them that picked them up and put them in a better place, right? Just engaging in that small conversation. So it's like, yeah, I mean, if you don't put that out there, then there's no possibility for anything to happen unless you put action out into the universe. And the tough part is the instant gratification that people want, right? Like you may not see 
that it affects them in an amazing light. They may not even tell you that you really pick them up, but you could really pick them up and you could really help them. They could be on the verge of suicide and just you saying, Hey man, have a positive day. Could be like, Whoa, I I can't have a positive day. It could change their whole life. It's not just all about you either. Right. Maybe Mm. it's not going to benefit you, but it could benefit them tremendously. And you may not see it and it may not happen right that second, but somewhere along the line, you're just taking the small steps and creating positive change. Yep. Incremental changes, man. That's what I tell business owners all the time, dude. And it's the same thing in life and business. They all, they all relate incremental changes, the small changes. We don't have to hit a home run every time, but you stack up enough of those small little changes. I mean, it's going to, it's going to lead to a grand slam. So just keep chipping away a little bit at a time, making progress. As long as you're working on moving forward, then you're working, you know, and, and you know, I mean, we all know that feeling when we're not, when we're not doing it. So it's just about finding yourself and trying to always be in that place and picking up, picking yourself up when you're not kind of like we were talking about earlier. Well, you've said it many times, but I think it's overlooked is that literally everything is connected. Mm-hmm. Like it's overlooked. Like people are like, yeah, yeah I get it. there's some connections and whatnot. No, I'm saying everything is connected. Everything is yin and yang. It's day and night good and bad, light and dark. They all just morph into this huge universe. Like the earth is just one little organism, like one little cell in this ginormous Morris. yeah, like universe. Yeah. It's just trippy, man. We are specs. It's all just context, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like how, you know, we might think of ourselves as these big creatures, but in comparison to everything else, I mean, we're very minuscule. So, well, Sometimes when I say what I'm about to say, people view it as nihilistic, but I really don't think that there's any purpose or any grand plan. But what I mean when I say that is I think that our purpose here is to really exist and to experience things. Mm -hmm. So we each get to decide what our purpose is. Like I, I truly believe it's just here to experience, to love, to feel the bad and the good. Right. And so I have chosen that my purpose is to be a high vibration person, to help others, to create positive change where I can, but everybody gets to decide what their quote unquote purpose is. That's the beauty of this game in life. You get to fucking decide whatever you want to do. You can, you're just on this open canvas. Like you were saying, player number one, right? (laughs) Go out into the field, go do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is that's the beauty. It's like, then when you're choosing that, then that's your contribution, right? And universal consciousness, right? That's your contribution to this whole thing is experience. You're experiencing things to help everybody else, right? We're information beings. So once you've done something, then somebody else can model it. It's a piece of information in somebody else's mind. So if we're all helping out, if we're all in group consciousness, if we're all learning from each other, then your contributions are at the end of the day, then that's absolutely your purpose for being here you know okay last and final question do you love life brian absolutely brother every day man every day learning learning to love it more each and every day that i that i wake up now say it with me life rips life rips baby (laughs) that's what i'm talking about brian it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast uh tell our listeners where they can find you if they have any uh cfo type needs or they need some help in their accounting or financing department or whatever you can provide for them yeah, sounds good. Well, definitely feel free to hit me up if you uh, need some accounting or finance for the business. But nonetheless, always, if you're just looking for a good good dude to talk to and then and converse and get in some conversations like this with Brett, my man, uh, you can reach me on Instagram at brianmcgough.cfo. 
so that's usually a good place to reach me or you can reach me on my website, which is www.nextgenaf.com. And Brett, thank you, brother, for having me on today, man. Always good talking to you. I'm looking forward to digging into some more of these deep conversations in the future, man. I, I think that we're onto some deep stuff here. So absolutely, man. Hey, you have a positive day and uh, make it a good one, brother. Likewise, brother. Thank you, man. Take care. Yo.